welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week, we are talking about one of my favorite topics of all time. Um, We are talking about tarot. I am a professional tarot reader. I've been reading cards since before I was 20, so well over 30 years of experience with tarot. I don't really want to dive too much into the history of tarot itself because it, I don't want to say it's, it's not a controversial history. There's some documentation, but there's a lot of gaps in the history. So the first real like documentation of tarot is from an Italian game, a card game. We all have, I think most people who hear tarot have some sort of mental association with the Romani people, and the Romani are known for their card reading skills. There's our, they have certain rituals and practices that go along with reading their cards, and they have certain rules about when you get your first deck and when you do those things, and those are, those are all closed practices, but generally speaking, reading tarot is not a closed practice. Just be aware of things like, who are you buying your decks from? Especially if they're not new. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not new. Saw something interesting. Um, I actually decided to start. (laughs) I'm such a fly fly by the seat of my pants. Like I buy a deck because I like it. Mm -hmm. You know, I like it. It looks cute. So I actually decided last night to sit down and start reading the Book of Shadows. Ooh. And she said something really interesting that the original ones didn't have numbers and that numerology is why they started adding, adding numbers to the deck. I have seen that too. So I've seen actually two theories about that. The one, the first one being that it, numerology and um, ties to Kabbalah, um, and Jewish practices um, also, or why. Um, but when it's when tarot started, it was a game. Yeah. And the numbers for the major arcana could very easily have just been like a placeholder. Yeah, like this, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I've heard, you know, like I said, there's some, not confusion, but there's gaps in the history and there's, as someone who studies history, there's a lot of places historically where two things will, uh, an identical thing or something or a similar thing will spring up in two very isolated parts of the world of their own accord because that's what those communities are ready for. And that seems to happen a lot, especially um, in divination tools. There's similar things that are popping up around the same times. So... A lot of people hear the myth, oh, you have to be gifted your first deck. You do if you're Romani, because that's part of their practice. Um, But you don't need to be gifted your first deck if you're just learning the tarot. I always say, buy one that speaks to you. Don't just buy one just to buy one, but go and find one that speaks to you. But I want to break down what a tarot deck is before we get too deep into all of the things that it can do. Um, Cause one of the, one of my pet peeves 
and I don't have a lot. I'm usually little, I'm usually very much, you practice what you want to practice. I don't care. But one of my pet peeves is when an Oracle deck calls itself a tarot deck because a tarot deck has a very specific makeup. It is 22 major arcana running from zero to 21. You start at the fool and then you run through to the world, I believe is the last one sometimes. Yeah, the world. I'm rubbish at memorizing anything just because I am. And then it has four suits of 10 cards, exactly like a a deck of playing cards. You have cups, swords, wands, pentacles, or variations on that theme. Mm -hmm. But it's almost always, almost always universally something that you can swap out for a cup, something you can swap out for a sword. And then each one of those suits has four people cards. They're called the court cards. Usually it's prince, princess, king, queen in each of the four suits. Decks are going to vary. Sometimes they name them something else, but it's almost always two male presenting people and two female presenting people. And those are to kind of talk about the male and the female of the element that the suit represents at various life stages. So a tarot deck, because it has a very specific structure, is not an oracle deck. And we're going to talk about oracle decks in not the next episode, but the episode after. An oracle deck can be anything. It can be made up of as many or as few cards as you like. But a tarot deck has 78 cards, 22 major arcana, 40 minor arcana or pips, and then 16 court cards, always, period. The most famous tarot deck is the Ryder White Coleman Smith deck. Why does it have such a long a name? <laughs> it has such a long name, especially when I say it, because it was published by the Ryder Publishing Company based on information given by a man named Mr. Wright to a woman named Pamela Coleman Smith. And why am I saying her name? It's because for decades, she was kind of shunted to the side. It was the Ryder White deck, or it was the, but she did all the artwork for the most iconic tarot deck. When you see tarot decks and tarot representations on a lot of just standard media, you're seeing versions of the Ryder White Coleman Smith deck. And, I just feel like she deserves a lot of the credit because she... Cards are nothing without the artwork. Without that artwork. And so... It's a deck of cards. Yeah. Uh, the, The traditional, that three of swords, which is the floating heart with three swords piercing it. Mm -hmm. Everybody kind of like... If you were, yeah, if you were to see it, you would know. Wow. That's the deck. Um, That's her art. I'm trying to, the, the fool leaping off the cliff, that, her art. Yeah. Almost every deck is, not almost every deck. So there's two sort of main schools. There's the Ryder White School, and then there's the Thoth Deck School. The Thoth Deck is was created by, uh, so there's two main schools of deck art. The Ryder White Coleman Smith 
which is going to have just the, it's, it's basic. Most decks, certainly up till about 2010, were based off of that iconography and those meanings. There's been some changes recently, but generally speaking, that. There, the other more, the other school is the Thoth school, what I call the Thoth school, which is a deck. It's the it's based around the Thoth deck, T-H-O-T-H, which was created by Alistair Crowley, um, artwork by Lady Frida Harris. Um, Crowley invented the school of the Golden Dawn, which is very, very neo-pagan. Um, most pagans, certainly um, who were pagan in the 90s, are very aware of, of Crowley. Nowadays, um, there's less rigidness. Yes, I was thinking less rigid rules. Yeah. People are just kind of... People are, are making decks that speak to them and taking the time to write what we like to call little white books. Very, yeah, very in-depth books. Yeah. Um, so typically you buy a tarot deck and when you get a deck, um, it comes with what most people call the little white book. It's just, you know, when we were buying decks in the nineties, you didn't get all the fancy bells and whistles. You got a cheap cardboard playing card box with your cards and a little pamphlet that would give you the meanings. Now, now I'm getting beautiful hardbound books with my gorgeous decks and like, um, yeah. Yeah. So because people are putting the time and effort into sharing their vision, not just in their artwork, but in their, and in their telling you what the decks mean. Yeah. You're not seeing that. Is it right or white or is it Thoth? You're seeing it's it's mine. I made it. It means um, the fun thing about tarot and oracle, but we'll get there. <laughs> what the sky's the limit. If you stick to your seventy-eight card concept, I have decks that are very very magic based. Like they will not only tell you what element each card is tied to, but like numerically what it means, like where to use it in your spell casting rituals. Like I have decks that are very light on the information and give you just the bullet points for what they mean. I have a Lord of the Rings deck. I have two Welcome to Night Vale decks and they're both very different. They're very different from each other, which different artists. One was originally started on Tumblr back in the halcyon days of Tumblr. Um, and she had entire like long blog posts dedicated to what, why she had what she had for her major arcana. Obviously Cecil is the fool. (laughs) Um, and then at the last show I went to the last welcome to night barrel show, they had the tarot deck on the, swag counter on the merch table and I could not stop myself because I was it was beautifully boxed first of all Kristen with your decks how many decks do you have roughly I think we're over 100 over I think over 100 but less than 120 I think it's been a minute since I counted 
Yeah, I'm sure you do. Bought three in the last at one time because you know people that bought this bought these two in the book, so whatever. I well, and that's and that's one of the problems is we will feed off each other because you went and bought the crystal. Oh, yeah, um, and and not. I mean, when we say decks, that's including all my oracle, oracle decks. Too. I have a lot of oracle decks too because I just oh, use true. them in my yeah. I say 25 decks total. Yeah. I Over 100. I have an entire bookshelf dedicated to tarot and Oracle decks. And it's not a small bookshelf. <laughs> um, when, when it comes down to what the tarot can do for you, a lot of people, you know, you see in media, you see the woman going in and wanting to know, is my husband cheating on me? And da-da-da-da-da. And yeah, the tarot can do that. But I don't know a lot of readers these days who just treat it as a divination tool. The great thing about tarot as a tool is that it can tell you the future. It can tell you what will happen. What it does is it says, if you do A and B, C is the most likely outcome. And that's that's just... open to and the choices you make. It's just, it's, it's kind of like how we used to statistics here's your statistics if the patterns follow this is what's going to happen at no point does it take away your free will nothing is that predetermined um usually when i do a reading for a client i do the well your question is whatever your question is and if you keep on this path here's the answer but then i will also draw a card or two that shows what you can do to change that answer and i will do that if the answer is great even yeah. I'll just be like, and you know, if you don't like good happy endings, yeah. <laughs> go down this path. Go down to this instead. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people use tarot for gaining insight into situations because the tarot is a way, a visual representation of tapping into the greater than. All you're doing is pulling the cards and the cards are telling you what the greater than is seeing. So it's able to get a bird's eye view. I, you know, I did it yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the shuffle three times, cut the deck and draw. Hmm. I'm a fan of the, I'm going to lay them out, yep. swirl them out, and then go, or I mean, yeah. obviously I only use the pendulum twice, and then I pick. Right. Because I feel like, I don't know. I think everybody knows what they want to do, but exactly to me, I'm thinking, okay, I feel like that works better for me. Like I'm having a little control or help my higher self or whatever to pick the mm-hmm. card than having those 12 cards in a row or those three cards in a row. But you know me, I don't do things like well, that. Well, I know a lot of tarot readers who do the spread out on the table and pick that way, or they do it in a nice tidy line and just pick it. Yeah, like I that. just kind of go... I like the shuffle. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, I enjoy shuffling the deck. Sometimes, sometimes I'll be reading for a client and I'll start to shuffle and I'll be like, mm, no, nope, I'm not. It needs to be a different method. It needs to. You feel at that time you were given the message or whatever, the feeling that the, I'm not going to do the basic three shuffle cut. You went another way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with one client. I rarely shuffle for them. I typically will 
let them start the conversation and just kind of move the car, just play the, you know, sometimes I shuffle, but I'm moving the cards around consistently. And then when they get to a certain point, there's usually a tone shift when they're telling me what's going on. And at that tone shift, I will draw a card or at certain keywords that I know are hot, kind of hot button keywords for this client. Like, you know, because I have a relationship with this client, I can always tell which words or which tone shifts or whatever. That's, this is an emotional thing. So we're going to flip this card because that card is where we're at. And I have gotten very intensely powerful readings and always very personal to this client. Do you notice a difference in reading since the COVID times that we live in? Reading with the person sitting at the table with you, reading with it, Zooming or on the phone, or just this person says, do a reading? Even before COVID, I would have long distance clients where they would email me and I would do the reading for them completely out of context. And those readings were always successful, but I always feel like they were also a little cold. Mm -hmm. Not cold as in I'm doing a cold reading kind of a thing, but just... I didn't feel like I could go too deep because I wasn't having follow-up questions to, to go yeah, off of. No, especially email. And all. Yeah. And like, so I could answer your basic question. Um, but usually when I have a client, whether it's zoom or on the phone or face to face, usually when I have a client, they'll start off saying, I want to know about this situation yeah. and I will, draw for that situation but maybe a third of the time I'm not supposed to be reading about that situation they have something else going on kind of like the (laughs) medium's interpretation where Mm -hmm. oh I want to speak to my mother Mm, well you know these three people are wanting to talk to me yeah it's exactly like that like mom doesn't want to talk about that she wants to talk about (laughs) that red rose that you have on the camera one one of the weirdest readings I ever had I client came in said, I want a reading about my job. And I'm like, cool. I pulled out the ca- the cards. None of the cards were money-based and it, or career-based. Yeah, or, or de- And I'm like, did I just started with this card says whatever. This card says whatever. Da, 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 da. I said, I don't really understand how that's supposed to tie in with your career, though. Like, I'm just not getting, I'm not getting it. And the client looked at me and went, I've been debating throwing everything out the window and following my dream of doing this other thing completely. And it had nothing to do with career. It was, and I, I, okay, well, the cards tell you to do that. Like, go do that. You know, that makes more sense than trying to cram all of these cups into a money, uh, into reading about career. And sometimes I'm not, I don't know the answer. I have one client and I love reading for them so much, but they are very closed off. So every reading is they come in, they tell me, um, general topic and it's usually two or three words. It's usually family or job or, and I pull out the cards and I do the reading for them and they pay me and they tip me and they leave. And then they come back in three or four weeks and go, yep, it's very like 
clinical. Yeah. <laughs> the type that has to, or they are the type that has to go home and think about it. Yeah. But because I know that now. Then you don't take it. It's not personal. The first time I was like, oh my gosh, I've made you so mad because it wasn't a great reading. I mean, it was a great reading, but it was not a positive, happy, sunshine reading. And I was just like, oh boy. And then three weeks later, they were like, hey, you were spot on. Yeah. Yay. The major arcana. Let's touch on that for a minute. The major arcana are your archetype cards or your big life experience cards. We start off at zero with the fool. And that is sort of the card of the uh, inner child, the card of beginnings and hope and all of that. Um, I'm going to leap into the unknown and I'm just going to trust that the universe is going to catch me. Yeah. And then you work your way through stages of life and events like and concepts, you're working through concepts like generational traumas or generational situations, karmic situations. Um, you're working through, like I said, huge life events. And you end up at the end, when you've worked your way through this journey, you end up with the knowledge and wisdom to basically start over. But this time you're going to start at one, which is the magician who blends everything together. And the minor or the pips, so the four suits, they kind of do the same thing. They take you on a journey through an evolution, um, but it's focused and it's mostly earthly based. So cups are the water element. They're focused on emotions and healthy emotions and not healthy emotions and proper expression of emotions and things water-based. Wands are fire and they are creation and ideas and inspiration and projects and just generally speaking, a lot of creativity. Okay. Swords are... Also ideas, but ideas put into action and sometimes conflict, usually power struggles. Yes. Sorry. See, this is why we're a team. Um, Yes. Swords are air and pentacles are earth and they are money, earthly pleasures, earthly material gains, jobs, things like that. So depending on how you see them in combination, So if you saw a lot of cups and a lot of swords, I would worry that you are in a relationship that is kind of volatile, Um, depending on, and if, say, if the Knight of Swords showed up in that reading, I would be pretty convinced you were in a pretty intensely emotional relationship that has not necessarily a lot of bad conflict, but a lot of misunderstanding conflict. If you were to have a lot of swords and pentacles, I'd worry that your financial situation is a little rocky. Swords don't always mean conflict, but, you know, pentacles and wands means you're probably going to start a business. Just have your ducks in a row. And depending on where, you know, if there's major arcana around that as well, 
You know, it would depend on what major arcana. If it was the tower, I'd be like, well, you are not starting anything oh, anytime soon. Please don't do that. Not today. Tower uh, says no. Tower says no. I don't believe that there is a single negative card. All cards have the ability to be negative or positive. Um, one of my favorite examples of this is not like everybody wants it to be the devil or death. Those are not, to me, those are, death is just something is dying so you can move on. That's it's just, it's not that bad. Uh, only once in 30 plus years has death been death, like someone was dying, and we knew it was going to happen anyway. Like, it wasn't a surprise. It was just really the card came in to say, yeah, you know this person is dying. Let them go. They're fine. They're good with it. So one of my favorites is if you look at the Five of Pentacles, the imagery on the Five of Pentacles is of two orphan children walking by a church in the middle of winter. And inside the church, you can see into the window, inside the church is a fat, happy priest giving alms to other fat happy looking people while the children starve outside now that's probably the most negative card in that it does absolutely five of pentacles it does absolutely reference severe loss um you almost always material loss but it usually means that as a wake-up call whether you're waking up the people in the inside inside the church to realize that you need help or whether you're waking up yourself to you know whatever I don't like to say everybody pulls themselves up by their bootstraps because we're a community and we have to help each other but you know the five of pentacles usually means something's getting shaken up in a bad way so that you can move through this bad thing so there's a positive light to it or wake up call or whatever you want to yeah yeah and I think a lot of pagan practitioners, less so now than even two years ago, but there's the risk of falling into toxic positivity, mm-hmm. which is everything you just, you can, you can get whatever you want and everything can be great all the time. You can't have good without bad. You need to have balance. I'm a true believer that in this incarnation on earth, we came here to learn some lessons. Mm-hmm. So, like my nana always said, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. The path that we set, you know, they say we picked it. I want to be born to this situation so I can learn this or with this disability or this, these things in my life. So, since I, you know, it's been the last, what, five years? Mm-hmm. I've kind of turned this more metaphysical life since I've done that. And I've always had that with my nana. You know, I had this bad relationships because I realized I don't want that anymore. If you look at life like that, you can, not a positive about everything, but more like this is life's lesson and take the lesson. You get on. to acceptance fast. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good word. Yes. I think. And what did I, I always tell myself, okay, what did I think I was going to learn from this? Okay. It's, it's what am I going to learn from this? And you know, sometimes. Not everything, and not everything, so. Not everything is a, a lesson. lesson. Yeah. Oh, and not everything is a lesson for this life sometimes maybe of mutual experience is the lesson for the other person i honestly because we went down a different path no 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 we didn't because this is how tarot works Mm -hmm. um (laughs) one of my mentors um would always say you meet people for a reason a season or a lifetime and 
she became someone who was just a reason. She was a reason person. But at the time of some of the hurtful stuff that was happening, I could not I couldn't understand why it was happening. There was a, a minor incident that happened. And I remember driving home after the incident. And again, it was minor. But I remember sitting there talking to the person that was the witness to this and saying, why, the f why did that happen? Why did that go down the way it went down? Because I couldn't wrap my head around it. And now I realize all of the stuff that I did with her, with my mentor, was for her stuff. It was to either teach her or to move her. I did get good things out of it. I became a medicinal herbalist. I fully committed to a pagan, a pagan life. Like I got good stuff out of it. I'm not saying that the entire relationship was hot garbage. It was not. Um, I have some good stories out of it. Like there was good that came out of it, but the major overall lessons and the, the stuff that happened, the bad things that happened, those bad things that happened in that relationship weren't for me. I was just a tool and they happened to me, Yes. but they weren't about me. Yeah. And being able to step out and go, oh, means I've moved through any of the negative feelings that I have. Every so often I'll be reminded of her and cackle because some of the stuff that happened was pure ridiculousness. And you know what I'm talking about, the bathroom. But um, being able to, to go, oh, oh, those, those lessons, I have nothing to learn here. You know, I, I did learn what I needed to learn. I yes. did learn some things. Yes. So um, yes. I just threw this challenge at Kristen because, <laughs> you know, I like to do that. Um, We're good at it. I am going to yeah. pick three or four cards. Okay. And I'm just going to, and look at me, I'm shuffling. Not really. Um, I'm going to pick some cards out and give it to her and then have her give me her interpretation of that card. She's using the Shadowscape tarot deck. One of the things, um, so I've like, I've said repeatedly, I have a, a ton of decks. Not all decks are going to work for all people. <clears throat> I have a, are all situations, definitely not all situations. I have a number of decks. And the reason that I keep some of the decks that I keep is because they work really, really, really well with clients, but they don't work for me for doing my own personal readings. Other decks I have, I won't let clients use. I don't, I think it will be a very long time before I let a client use my line strider deck. <laughs> because my line strider deck is very mean to me. No, it's not mean to me. It is, it's blunt and it has some shit to say. Yeah. Told you we were going to get sweary. So You're staring at it. I am. I'm interpreting myself. And I okay. Okay. So I'm kind of staring at this one spot. It is mm. the nine of swords. I knew it was that. I knew it. Just by the way I was looking at it. The way you were looking at it. So especially in the Shadowscape deck, the nine of swords to me. So I'm going to back up a minute and I'm going to give you the RWS version of the nine of swords is a woman sitting on a bed with nine swords behind her. She's got her, she's sitting up and her hands are in her face is in her hands. Um, it's a deck about finding time to rest after a huge emotional trauma. And it's usually about letting yourself grieve that huge, those losses and all of that. 
The Nine of Swords in the Shadowscape deck is a warrior woman and crows flying up into the sky and um, she has wings sprouting from her back. And to me, oh, that's not a woman. That's a non-binary person. Fight me. Um, <laughs> and could, I don't know. Anyway, it's a human uh, standing. They have wings, da, 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 watching the crows fly off. And to me, it is still very much about resting, but this time after all of the work is done. Yeah. Like you've cleaned up the, the field, the battlefield enough that the crows have flown, flown off, yeah. right? There's nothing there for them to scavenge anymore. So you've done the hard like aftercare work. Yeah. So it's still a point of yeah. rest before the next. Battle. Yeah. Okay. Card number two. Page of Wands. Okay, so traditionally, oh, I know, oh, I don't, I know, I know. There's a very few cards. So, I can't pull the Page of Wands from the RWS out of my head right now, but uh, the Page of Wands traditionally is going to be a youthful, energetic spirit. Um, It's going to be youthful, it's going to be energetic, but it's not going to have the I'm trying to think of exactly the word. You know how a teenager is Mm -hmm. where they just go, 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 go because they don't have the stop button in their head. That's basically a page of wands. So the, the, the court cards kind of represent various stages through life and pages are very young. Usually, usually um, eight to 20 ish Mm -hmm. in my head. Again, you're going to find varying ideas and this is how I do it okay. um pages are typically 8 to 20 nights are typically 20 or eh, eh, 18 to to 30 ish queens are parenting age um I don't necessarily divide things up by gender in general so a queen is just going to be someone of parenting age where the, the kings tend to be older and out of that and ready to move into a contemplative phase of life. Okay. Some, um, some books will tell you they represent people based on how they look and da-da-da-da-da, and you can do that if you want. I certainly, I did do that when I was starting out, um, and it worked just fine, but I don't do that anymore. Do one more, and then did you still want to do... Light reading? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three stars? Okay, we're going to do one more card. And what was this card with the little foxes? And it did that. Yeah, we have a fox. And the last card. Five of Wands with more foxes. Okay, so the interesting. So five. Five of Wands, but there's like 50. Yeah, because they are the traditional image of this is five young young men battling they're yeah well they're battling and it's typically seen as like a practice battle and they're getting ready to you're uh, the five of wands to me is you've been preparing you've been studying you have one more sort of test to pass before you leap out and do whatever it is that you're leaping out to do um in this case um if I was to do these as a three card reading, I would suggest that you're in a period of rest. Um, 
<laughs> you're not in a period. No, you're not. Uh, you're in a period of rest before the final test that will move you in out of your page phase and into your night phase. Mm. Or your next phase. Kind of so, makes sense, though. Yeah, because a page. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's. The... Now, my version of reading would be good. Okay. Okay, hold on. Where's my book? <laughs> Kristen, no, I could throw this at her. I knew she would be fine with it. And I'm not, actually, I'm not going to use the deck I don't. I'm not going to use this one. Okay. I had originally planned on using a deck called the Circle of Life Tarot. Um, that deck and I don't communicate very well because I have had extreme success with this deck in the past. Um, it is absolutely gorgeous. If you get a chance, you should check out the artwork online, Shadowscape. Um, it's absolutely breathtaking. I... I'm a big fan of buying tarot decks just because you think the cover's pretty. But I'm also a big fan of, like, I will pick up a deck. And Nancy's seen me do this. I'll pick up a deck when we're out shopping and be like, nope, 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 nope. But then three or four weeks later, I'll pick up a different version of the same deck and be like, this one's fine. Yeah. It just, it, I, yeah. So I'm using the Shadowscape deck. I'm doing a three-card reading. I've laid out the three cards. Um, we will take pictures after and we will put them we'll do a little write up yep. and put them online on our website. That's www.lunarmagicteatime.com. Feel free to email us too. Lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. Okay. So, oh, we've got the Queen of Pentacles in reverse. Not all readers read in reverse, but I do. Some people feel that the 78 cards cover everything you need to, I, it depends on the deck. Yeah. I don't always read reverse. Some decks are not great with it. Yeah. There's no nuance. They, they're, they're too blunt a deck or whatever. Um, other decks require it because they're so full of nuance. Yeah. I, it just depends. And it depends on you as a reader. There is no right way. There is no wrong way. You know that that's my theory on magic. So because we have the queen of pentacles in reverse, I would say that you're in a holding pattern, that you're waiting for something to right itself. Your pentacles are about the work business, that realm. And I would say that you're waiting for something in the work realm. Okay. Well, it could be our project too. Yeah, I know. I gotta write. <laughs> no, it's gonna be all about you. We don't have to do about that. <laughs> I've... You said work pattern is how many years can I retire from this and then just do the fun stuff? <laughs> oh, but then we have the magician upright. Now the magician blends. He is a creator. He blends the sacred and the mundane he blends all four elements to create the fifth element he is he's not creating something out of nothing he's pulling something out of what was already there now in context with the queen of wands that doesn't necessarily make sense queen of wands queen of pentacles yeah queen something now, the Four of Wands, 
again in reverse. The Four of Wands is about joy. Now, typically the Four of Wands is um, women putting up a canopy at a wedding to show the stability, the stability in reverse. It just kind of means to me that you have all the pieces, but all of the pieces aren't in the right order. So when you look at um, most cards, and now the Shadowscape tar Tarot deck is not a writer write base card deck, deck. But um, even if you look at this, even if you look at this one, there's four leaping gazelles, and when it's reversed, they're still leaping. They're just kind of not leaping in the right order. They've kind of lost some of their stability, but they still have all of the things there to right that ship. So I would say there's a pot, there's waiting to blend everything. And all of the ingredients are there. They're just in the wrong order. Okay. So then one of the things I do when I get a reading like this that doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense unless I want to start like pulling out a thousand cards is I'll flip over the very, I'll flip over the whole deck and look at the card on the very very bottom and that's typically what we call the shadow card it's talking about an element that might be working behind the scenes sometimes it's a person sometimes it's a thing you got strength which just means stay strong write it out the answer is there the answer is there and you know the answer we might not know the problem right now. And I, as a reader, almost never know the problem because I never want my clients to feel like, yeah, I don't like my clients feeling like I'm cold reading them. Yeah. Like you hear about or you see. Mediums. Yeah. Like the shady yeah. mediums. Yeah. I don't want. Yes, I am paying attention to facial expressions because I'm I'm wanting to know. Do I need to back off? Because yeah, client safety is my number one priority. We all know that about me. Oh, I don't want to put those away. I want to take <laughs> pictures of them. So that was a little experience on Crystal reading the cards, a little meaning you get. In fact, we got, I think, between all the cards, we had all the suits covered. We haven't had cups yet. Oh, no cups. No, no cups. So you can find us, like I said, lunarmagicteatime.com email us lunar lunar magic time.com find us on facebook join our group i do readings you can find me on tiktok instagram youtube email us. email email me at lunar at lunar magic time.com thank you and have a magical day